You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. For last week's Napa County Board of Supervisors meeting, I tuned in early to stay on top of the latest debate about land use ordinances that have been so divisive and are so misguided. We will certainly continue to talk about that. However, in addition to talk about stream setbacks, a series of speakers came forward to talk about the officer-involved shooting of an undocumented immigrant with a long history of violence and deportation. In some ways, I was surprised that this one incident garnered the community reaction that it did. After all, even in our safe harbor of Napa, violent crime does happen from time to time, and I don't usually see an outpouring of comments at a Board of Supervisors meeting. But clearly, this touched a nerve, unfortunately one that reflects some of the broader and deeper divisions within our country. Here to talk about it with me and hopefully to try and put all of it in some kind of proper perspective, I'm joined by Napa County Sheriff John Robertson. Sheriff, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, Jeff. It's good to have you here. When you were at the Board of Supervisors meeting last week and a number of folks got up to talk about this incident, and we'll certainly talk a little more about that, and I know there's a lot of it that you can't talk about, were you surprised that it had garnered the kind of community reaction that you saw at that meeting? Well, I knew from the incident itself and the body camera footage that we chose to release and the time uh, that we chose to release it and the way it spread across our nation and the number of people it reached uh, in the millions, we knew that uh, it was going to garner a reaction and it garnered a a reaction of support, which is exactly something that we were looking for. And certainly while there was tremendous support for Deputy Jarecki and what people saw in that footage, there was a lot of concern over this in ways that that one doesn't see with other violent incidents that that have happened in the county. Well, that's that's definitely true. Obviously, uh, you know, the the video footage from the body camera was was shocking. And we uh, are so fortunate that Deputy Jarecki didn't get injured and we were uh, we were uh, definitely dealing with a, a sensational video do you think that the video played then a significant role in kind of the community reaction to this I, I think the video did play a role I also think that we just had the loss of officer Corona and Davis uh, which was another young female uh, officer and uh, that was certainly tragic and and uh, and, and shocking to not only uh, community members here, but also to people across the country. Uh, so I think that uh, this this story of survival, uh, this video was was very impressive, and I think it sparked uh, some community outpouring. Right. And part of that outpouring really reflected not just the, the story of survival, which was dramatic and, and wonderful, but also concern about the whole broader immigration issue and the state of California and what responsibility law enforcement has in relationship to the federal government, to ICE, et cetera. Talk a little bit about that and so much of the misunderstanding that that you responded to a little bit at the meeting last week. Well, first of all, Jeff, it's not, uh, it's not in our purview to... Uh, to question uh, immigration, the laws uh, that we have here in the nation or in the state of California. It's it's their job and it's uh, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement's role uh, to come and, and deal with those issues. 
uh, nowhere in any of our releases did we talk about the nationality uh, or race uh, of a of of the uh, person involved, uh, and we certainly didn't talk about the immigration status. When we work uh, in our community, uh, immigration status is is of no importance to us, and uh, so we uh, we do try to you know try to work with our current laws and work around that. One of the things that that I heard it, it, from some of the people that spoke at the meeting last week was concern about immigration status and and this refrain that I think a couple of people spoke to that somehow people wanted to be warned about something. It wasn't really clear what that was all about, but there was there was talk about we want to be warned. Talk about your reaction to that. Right. Well, um, you know, I can understand somebody wanting to be warned if we're about to release somebody into the into a community. But the fact of the matter is that uh, we don't have all access to all information uh, sometimes through our processes. Um, certainly, we can, we can try to improve those processes, but we do have a couple of things uh, in the state of California that prevent us. Uh, you, know, you hear people refer to it as our hands are tied. Um, and I think maybe we, can, uh, we need to figure something out. But uh, with the Truth Act and the Trust Act starting in 2014 and then combining that with the, the, uh, the Trust Act of 2017, uh, we are not allowed uh, to dive into immigration issues unless certain standards are met. And unfortunately, sometimes you get these what are called detainers. And uh, when we get those detainers, they can come, uh, they can come after somebody has already been released from custody. Uh, they can be delayed. And also we can receive those detainers and then there's no follow-up by the federal immigration authorities because uh, the, it's at such a low level uh, of crime or interest to them. The information about immigration status, how did that get out there in the public so quickly, do you think? Well, I think uh, our Bay Area media uh, certainly sparked it. Um, you know, we weren't talking about it. It wasn't uh, It wasn't part of our... our uh, our presentation, but uh, what happened was uh, the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement did a nationwide press release, basically pointing out that uh, certainly they were glad that Deputy Riley Jarecki uh, survived her her incident, but uh, that this may not have occurred if we would have uh, responded to uh, the the three immigration detainers that they had sent us. And I will say that. Uh, this person that we were dealing with had been removed from our country three times previously, twice in Humboldt, once in, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, twice in Humboldt, once in Napa County. And uh, then we did receive, um, we did receive uh, detainers. And those detainers, unfortunately, were not signed by a judge or magistrate, which we would require by law. I mean, that's our constitution. Uh, while I wish uh, at times in my career that I had the ability to just say this person is bad or this person deserves to spend some more time in jail. Um, I don't have the ability as uh, as a sheriff and they don't have the ability as ICE officers to say, hey, hold this person past their sentence time. Uh, we're going to take a look at them and potentially come up and visit them and interview them and and maybe we'll we'll detain them and uh, and remove him from the community or remove him from the state of California or our country. 
Was there a sense, from, from the way you describe it and the way it all seemed to go down, that there was an effort on the part of Immigrations and Customs Enforcement to kind of push the blame back onto Napa County? Well, it, you, you'll notice in the in the media today, they're pushing it on a sheriff in the state of or in Michigan. Right. Uh, so, it's it is uh, you know I don't know if it's a public shaming or or it's a way uh, of them to push the issue. But the issue is the state of California uh, has passed two Senate bills, and uh, they're the the Trust Act in 2014 and the Truth Act of 2017. That prohibit us from from contacting ICE and giving them information on release dates unless certain requirements are met. And all three times in Napa County in 14, 15, and 16, um, Hernandez Morales was released by citation, which is one of the common ways that we release people from custody where they're cited and released and given a court date. Now, he did have a warrant. Uh, out for his arrest, or a couple of warrants out for his arrest, under various aliases. He, this is a this is a man that had seven uh, seven aliases and four different birth dates, and and uh, it was his past is very confusing. One of the things that that again people commented on, and and this is goes to the misconceptions that you're talking about, was that somehow we're a sanctuary city, and talking about a sanctuary state. Shed some light on that for people that, that don't get what's going on here. Sure. Uh, the sanctuary status is, is, a, is a term that's been, been created by the media and been created by certain groups uh, that talk about, you know, that it's a safe place and things like that. Um, the Board of Supervisors, uh, under the direction of uh, Supervisor Pedroza uh, at the time, uh, when he, I believe he was first in office at the time, um, we, we were presented with uh, something that San Francisco had done as far as a sanctuary status. The county of Napa was not interested, or the cities of, in, in Napa, were not interested in becoming a sanctuary anything or using that label, I should say, because truly the term sanctuary has no definition uh, in to what we're using it for. Uh, nobody really knows what it means to be a sanctuary city or sanctuary state uh, or sanctuary county. Um, so what we are is we are a community that, that welcomes everyone. And we did a proclamation to include uh, various religions and races and, and the LBGTQ community and everything. We, we did an all-inclusive uh, proclamation, and we were joined by the mayors of the cities and, and the town of Yonville uh, and to join us at the board meeting, and they signed this proclamation. That is as close as we ever got to what people are referring to as sanctuary. I mean, in some ways, what people refer to as sanctuary simply is following the state laws that you referred to earlier. Uh, that's that's correct. We uh, we are following the laws, and um, you know we're we're also uh, we're working with our community. We're applying our community standards here, and this is what our this is what our community wants to be. They want to be a welcoming place, and I certainly understand that. Are there people in our community that do bad, evil uh, things? Absolutely. And uh, we are going to use uh, law enforcement, and we are going to remove those people and put them in jail and uh, offer them the entire legal system uh, at their defense. And if they're here unlawfully, 
and they've committed certain crimes, they will be turned over to Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Has anything changed in terms of policy, or might anything change as a result of this incident going forward? You know, I, I can't speak for the jail. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm that weird sheriff in right. the <laughs> state of California that doesn't run a jail. Um, but uh, and I can't speak for the Board of Supervisors. I can tell you that nothing is going to change uh, here at the Sheriff's Department. We're going to continue to provide uh, services to this community uh, respectfully, uh, with empathy for everyone. And, and also, uh, we're going to enforce the laws that we're given. We're going to enforce the laws to the letter. And uh, we're going to hold people responsible for the, the acts that they commit. Is there anything you would like to see different as a result of this? Anything that you would like to see change? I, I would like to see uh, the ability of us to work with our federal law enforcement partners eased up a little bit. Uh, I know that's going to be uh, somewhat controversial, but we have had a fantastic relationship with the FBI, the Secret Service, the Drug Enforcement Administration, and uh, well, it used to be INS, uh, Immigrations and Naturalization Service. We have a respectful relationship, one of working together. Um, we, uh, you know, we we don't have wide sweeping, as people would call them, raids. We we just don't do that anymore uh, of employment. Uh, places and things like that. But when we are presented with cases of uh, repeated violations of California law, and in order to keep our community safe, I think it's really important that we're allowed to contact them and not wait for a detainer to come electronically uh, over the computer. And, and finally, John, is there anything that is still going on with respect to this case? Is the investigation still going on? Is, are there ongoing issues here in general? I know you probably, if there are, you can't talk about them, I understand. But are there things that are still ongoing here? Well, I, I, I will tell you this, that I am absolutely 100 uh, percent comfortable and so proud of the level of training that Deputy Riley uh, Jarecki received and the way she responded to uh, that threat of violence. Um, it, it is, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that man was trying to kill her. And uh, she, uh, you know, like the undersheriff called it divine intervention or luck or whatever you want to call it, God's will, uh, she escaped injury, at least physical injury, and she was able to respond and, and uh, do what her job uh guided her to do and what she was trained to do, and we're extremely proud of her. Um, I, uh, I will tell you that there is still an investigation going on. Uh, there's an investigation going on to see if she uh, lawfully discharged her weapon and took the life of uh, this gentleman. I can tell you this also, that there is not one employee here, uh, myself included, that wants to take somebody's life. That is absolutely our last resort, um, and we feel bad for uh, this gentleman's uh, family and things like that, but uh, he uh, he he acted he acted out violently and it was met with resistance and uh, unfortunately that resistance was fatal to him. Napa County Sheriff John Robertson, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks for the opportunity. The real voices behind the headlines. NapaBroadcasting.com.